0: Well, guys, it is uh, like I like I said earlier when we uh, oh, it's right. In. is Mark's head usually cut off right there? If not, this is going to be really bright. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, we'll go from there. Um, it, it, it's a joy on, on behalf of uh, not only myself and the band, <clears throat> excuse me, but but also myself and and Ashley. Uh, my wife, who uh, served here with Summit through the first six months, and, um, and our children, Elizabeth and Isaiah. Elizabeth just turned four a couple of weeks ago. Isaiah just turned one uh, like three days ago. And uh, we uh, man, we, we miss you guys. We're, we pray for you guys every, every day. We pray for you so much. and We pray for what God's doing here. And, and we're excited. We're very excited to see what he continues to do here. My, uh, I talk to Mark often. I usually talk to him about once or twice a week. And, uh, and he just keeps telling me about the awesome things that God is doing. And, uh, and I'm am, I am stoked for you guys. I'm so excited to, uh, to get to be here and to minister to you this morning. Um, our, our band is a, is, a little, uh, is a little different this morning. Um, Nathan, who, who, has, who has been here and served here uh, as well, he and Tiffany for those first six months, uh, they're back at Frontline now, but uh, I, I had to call Nathan on the last minute. Um, last night, I got word about 10, about 11 p.m. last night that our guitar player had come down with strep throat. And, uh, and so I, I immediately called Nathan because I know he was up watching the, the, the Heat versus the Celtics last night. And, uh, and then I called him and, uh, and he graciously agreed to meet us here this morning. And, uh, and I want to let him know how much I appreciate him for filling in last minute there. This morning, uh, we're continuing, or Mark has asked me to continue your study on 40 days in the Word. Love the Word. Learn the Word. Live the Word. And specifically this morning, I want to ask you, it's it's not really a question more or less as it is a statement, and it's simply this, why should you build your life on the Bible? Well, before we go anywhere, let's have a word of prayer, all right? God, I thank you for the awesome opportunity we have this morning, Father, to look into your word together. God, I pray that now through this time, you would make us more into the image of your Son. God, that we would be changed by your word, because that is what this is. It is your word, Father. And it has power. It has power to change lives. It has power, Father, to save souls. It has power to redeem. It has power, Father, to to accomplish exactly what it seeks out to accomplish. It will not return void. It is your very breath. And so we invite you, Father, as we sit here this morning and listen to you breathe. Breathe on us. Breathe on us through your Holy Spirit, through your Word, and change us that we would not leave here the same way we came in this morning. Father, I pray that every word that comes from this mouth will come directly from the guidance of your Holy Spirit, that it be nothing in and of myself, that you would be glorified through what is about to take place here this morning. Thank you for letting us worship you. Thank you for your word, which we sang about, Father, which we proclaim this morning through song. And thank you now, Father, as we look into your word together, that that very word, that same word, we get the awesome opportunity and the privilege to read together and to proclaim this morning through the preaching. Of your word, God. Forgive me, Father, for my sin. I sin every day. I sin so often. And Father, I confess that apart from you, there is no hope for me. Apart from Christ, there is no purpose for me. So Father, I ask that you would take this weakened earthly vessel, right now at this moment, and use me in some way to communicate your word, to speak, the hearts of your people, that we would be made more into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. Uh, if, you, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I would ask you to turn to 2 Timothy, verse 3. I'm going to bring this up here in just a second, not right now, but uh, as we do that, that's, that's, where I'm going to go. that's where I'm going to start this morning, but then as we go along through our time together this morning, I'm going to show you various verses of scripture that, I, that, that if, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write these down. And I'm going to give it to you very, very simple this morning as to what the Bible does in our lives. So we ask ourselves the question, why should you build your life on the Bible? Here's an interesting, interesting concept about the Bible. A lot, a lot of things that we know about the Bible, um, quite possibly everybody in the room could probably tell me what uh, the first book of the Bible is. What is it? Genesis, good job. Star for you. Uh, We've got, we got the two main sections that the Bible is divided up in. What is it? The Old and New Testament, good job, we're on a roll. Uh, The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell the story of a certain man. Who is that man? Jesus. Duh, okay, we're going on. And now, can anybody tell me what the longest chapter in the Bible is? I heard it, who's got it? It's in the Psalms, what is it? Psalm 119. Psalm 119. That came from Storm, by the way. <laughs> Longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. It has 176 verses in this one chapter of the Bible. Longest chapter in the Bible. It has 176 verses. Here's the kicker about, one, about Psalm 119, okay? Every verse in Psalm 119, with the exception of six, every verse with the exception of six, talk about the importance of the Word of God. That's 170 verses out of 176. So if we, if we wanted to just skim through this for a second, we could turn to Psalm 119. We just take our time there. Turn to Psalm 119. I didn't have it marked, so I'm, I'm babbling here a little bit. Psalm 119. Uh, let's do whatever. Let's, let's pick a, a Psalm. Where am, I, where am I at? Here we go. Uh, Psalm 119, verse uh, verse 102. Let's try verse 102. That's just where I'm at. It says this. I do not turn aside from your rules. Now, obviously, it uses a lot of different words. It'll say the words rules, word, commands, um, testimonies, precepts. You'll hear this a lot. Now, let's go again. Let's say on the same page. Uh, Let's go, uh, I don't know, Psalm 82. Uh, 119, 82. My eyes long for your promises your promises, your word, the things you have said. We go on. Verse 135. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. Psalm 146. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. We could be here for a really long time if we kept doing that. Because there's 170 of these things out of 176. That's pretty significant stuff. So God, if you want to know, first of all, how important the Word of God is, God tells us in the longest chapter of the Bible, He uses the longest chapter of the Bible to tell us the importance of His Word and why we should build our life on the Word of God. So ultimately, where does that lead, bring, bring us to? Why should we bring, uh, build our life on the Word of God? Ultimately, because of this. One very simple statement. It's the Word of God. It is God's Word. If you hear nothing else as to why you should build your life on the word of God, this, this right here should seal it because it is the very word of God. We, we, those of us who are believers, now, now if we're not believers, if we don't believe, if you don't believe that the Bible is the word of God, I don't expect you to stand on this truth because you don't believe that's the case. But faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. So as we go on, maybe that'll change. Perhaps that will change. The Bible is the very Word of God. If we go to 2 Timothy verse 3, beginning and, and 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 16, listen what the Word of God says. Okay, check this out. All scripture is breathed out by God. That's that's insane. That is awesome. That is amazing. That all Scripture, every single thing that we read, from Genesis to Revelation, it is breathed out by God. It is His very Word. It is His very breath. And He is breathing on us this morning with His Word. Every day that you spend time just just drenching yourself in God's Word, it is that time where you are coming before God and you are saying to Him, breathe on me. And when God breathes on us, we're never the same. There's a lot of people where if they breathe on us, we're never the same either. But the reality is it's different with God. When God breathes, let's put it this way. God breathed life into Adam. He breathed life into a lifeless human body. He breathed life into him. God's word breathes life. It breathes new life into dead sinners' outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's how important the word of God is. So why should we build our life on the Bible? We can sum it up in this and then I'm going to break this down for us, okay? We can sum it up in that it is the word of God. It is his very breath. And just to sit and contemplate that for a while will blow our mind. If we sit and we just pray before we open our word, whether it be here on Sunday morning, or whether it be during life groups, or whether it be in our own personal quiet times with God every day, if we would just pray, pray to him and say, God, before I open your word, I just ask that right now, being this is your very breath, I ask that right now you breathe on me that I would never be the same as a result of the next few minutes of my life spinning your word. Do, do we hold on? Do we believe this is what it is? Do we hold on to the truth of this word, knowing that outside of this, there is no hope? There is no hope outside of this. So I want to break this down for us this morning. I want to give you, really quick, they're real short, I want to give you seven things, okay? I know Mark usually gives you three points, and if you're saying, holy cow, Mark gives us three points, and he preaches for like 45 minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make this quick. I can't guarantee you I won't go 45 minutes because I've learned that, okay? I've learned that lesson. I lie a lot when I say stuff like that. Uh, so I will be honest and prepare you ahead of time. But I'm going to be as considerate I can of everyone's time because I also believe that whether, I got, whether a preacher goes 45 minutes or a preacher goes 45 seconds, if the Word of God, if the very breath of God is coming out, lives will be changed, okay? Here we go. Why should you build your life on the Word, on the Bible? The Word of God leads us to, here we go, here's the first one. It leads us to faith. Now, why do I say that? Again, if you have your Bible, if you want to go with me, we're going to go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It's going to be on the screen. It says this, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing, hearing through the Word of Christ. It leads us to faith. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith faith there is no salvation without faith and no one in this room this morning has saving faith apart from the message of the word of god in the gospel of jesus christ none of us do if you're here this morning and you are a christian the reason you are a christian is you heard the gospel of jesus christ you heard the word of god you heard his very breath he breathed on you and he breathed new life into you and you were forever changed through the gospel you were given faith by hearing the Word of God. The Word of God leads us to faith. Therefore, why should I build my life on the Word of God? It leads me to faith in Jesus Christ. And not only does it lead me to first-time faith in Jesus Christ, it leads me to continued faith in Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. I've been a Christian since I was 12 years old, and that's enough time. That's, that, will be, that will be 20 years this, this fault, it's crazy stuff, man, it really is. We were talking about the other day. I was running into somebody and said, man, your son, uh, they, they stopped me and said, so how old are your kids now? I said, like, well, my, my daughter just turned four and my son just turned one. They're like, holy cow, your son just turned one. I was like, holy cow, he did. <laughs> oh, my goodness, are you kidding me? And it was like, oh, man, you, you, were like in, you were born like a week ago, and now you're one. That's insane. Faith. Not only does the Word lead us to saving faith, but it leads us through continued faith. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. In, in 20 years, there's a lot of times where, where, I, where I'm, like, I'm like Peter. If I'm walking on the water, I'm going to look around, and I'm going to see waves around me, and I'm going to see stuff crashing, and I'm just going to freak out. And that happens a lot. I spent three years of my life struggling with fear to a degree that, I have, that I've never seen before. And I felt my faith shaken so much, but I know something as a result, through all of that, it, it, you know, it's, it's really freaky at the moment, because you don't know what God's doing, you don't know how God's going to bring you through it, you have no idea what's going on, and, and, and then we, we go back when, when, uh, when, when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace, through every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil, so what that means is the word of God tells me as I read it, that though the anchor is in the water, and I know it's in the water, and I know it's secure, and I know it's not letting me go, there's this big blanket of ocean that's keeping me from seeing that anchor. And the more I focus on the ocean and not being able to see the anchor instead of the truth that the anchor has got me and it's not letting me go, regardless of what I go through. If I focus on the fact that, if I focus on the darkness, and I focus, and I focus on the fear, and I focus on not being able to see it, I'm going to forget about the anchor, though it holds. Though it holds me, I will forget about it. But if my trust is in that which holds me, then regardless of how dark the water, I can trust that I'm His and I'm held, and there's nothing taking me away from that. New faith and continued faith. What else? Let's go on to the next one. Number two, the Word of God leads us to understanding. Understanding. And what I mean by that is it enables us to hear and discern the Holy Spirit. It enables us to clearly understand the will of God for our lives. Look what it says in Galatians 3 verse 5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? The answer, by the way, is by hearing with faith. He doesn't do it through you obeying the law. He doesn't do it through you being a good person. He does it through you trusting him. And when we trust God, and we cling to Him, and we rely on His Word, and as we read His Word, He reveals His Holy Spirit to us. He directs us through His Holy Spirit. God will never, He will absolutely never tell you to do anything that goes contrary to His Word. Never. If He does, He has denied Himself and ceases to be God. But through His Holy Spirit, through His Word... He reveals His will to us. Now, you know, I'm a youth pastor. I've been a youth pastor uh, June 1st, made nine years that I've been at Hyman First Baptist, and we have had just an amazing, amazing time seeing what God is doing there. And the one question that I probably get asked more than anything else from our students, specifically our college students, because they're in that kind of area of their life, is this. I'm having a really hard time figuring out what God's will is for my life. There may be some of you in here right now who may be asked that same question this morning. There may be a lot of adults in here right now who have asked that same question, and you've asked it recently. My, my response question is this. Are you spending time in the Word of God? Are you spending time every single day in the Word of God? I've never gotten a yes. I've never gotten a yes. And when they tell me no, I look back at them and I say, If God has chosen to reveal himself through his word, if he has chosen to communicate to us through his word and by the leading of the Holy Spirit, which cannot go contrary to his word, and if we want to know what God's will is for our life, does it not make sense that we should probably be spending a lot of time here? Because through his word, he directs our lives. He leads us in understanding of his will. And what is God's will for your all's life? I have no idea. I know that makes you feel a lot better. Somebody tells me, I need to know what God's will is for my life. Sorry, I don't know. I have no idea what God is going to call you to five days from now, five years from now, 500 years from now. I got a pretty good idea 500 years from now because I'm pretty sure we're all not going to be here at that time. But the reality is this. If you are doing everything in your being, to glorify God with your life. If you are spending time in the Word every single day, if you are spending time in prayer, and if you are totally 100% sold out to glorifying God and saying to God, God, I'm satisfied with you and you alone. I want to be content in you. I don't want anything else besides Christ, and I want to glorify you with every ounce of my being. And if you are sold out to that, if you are committed to that, then here's God's will for your life. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. You know why? Because when you do that, you're going to glorify Him through it. As long as it's in relation to His Word. I know you've got to be careful there sometimes. But I also know if you're not seeking to glorify God in everything you do, if you're not spending time in His Word, if you're not spending time in prayer, then we are going to be, we are, we are, we are going to succumb to the temptations of the enemy and we're going to be tempted to do a lot of things we shouldn't do. And I'm not saying glorify God in things you shouldn't do. No, glorify God in the things that bring glory to him through his word. And as you're living your life bringing glory to God, then whatever he has given you a passion for, do it. And do it for his glory. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. It leads us to understanding. It leads us to faith. It leads us to understanding. It also leads us to life. This is the third one. And we already talked about this a little bit, how it creates life. It breathes in us new life through the gospel, but it also sustains that new life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 23-25 through 25 say, Since you have been born again, you have been given a new life, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. That's where it came from. It came from the message of the gospel. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. God makes uh, He makes his word the means for creating new life in the dead soul of man. And then, and then if, you, if you have new life in Christ today, if you're here and you're a Christian, you owe it to this. You owe it to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no other means of salvation than the gospel. It leads us to faith. It leads us to understanding. It leads us to life. It also leads us to hope. Look what it says in Romans chapter 15 verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Hope comes from God's promises in His Word. And I, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you brought in here with you this morning. But, but, I, but I can tell you this. I can tell you this. God promises us a few things. That's an exaggeration. He promises us a lot. He promises that regardless of what you're going through, He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. He has promised that He is a Father to the fatherless. He has promised that His love will endure, that it will never fail. He has promised that nothing will be able to separate us from His love that is in Christ Jesus. He has promised us that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. He has promised us that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is just a few. He's promised And because of the promises of God through His, and all that Scripture, by the way, because of the promises of God through His Word, we have hope. We're not hopeless. We're not left to ourselves. There is hope in Christ. There is hope in His Word. It leads us to faith. It leads us to understanding. It leads us to life. It leads us to hope. It also leads us to freedom. Number five, John chapter 8, verse 32, very popular verse of Scripture. Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you go on to John chapter 17 and verse 17, it says this. Jesus says, Sanctify them. This is when he's praying. He's praying in the garden. He's he's, he's interceding on our behalf. It's his high priestly prayer, and he says, Sanctify them in your truth. Your word, God, your word is truth. Are you fearful this morning? Go to the word you will find truth and that truth will set you free are you anxious this morning are you are you are you worried go to the word you will find truth truth will set you free are you angry are you bitter go to the word find truth truth will set you free are you struggling whatever it is are you struggling with anything go to the word you will find truth and the truth will set you free Number six leads us to victory. You know, when, when, when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, he always responded with the word of God. Every single time. When he was tempted by Satan, he always responded with the word of God. So if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, used the word of God as a means to fight off the enemy and have victory, that might be a clear indication that we ought to do that too. This is the power of the Word of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 14, John writes and he says, I write to you, fathers, because you know Him who is from the beginning, that is Christ. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Why have you overcome the evil one? I'll tell you why. He tells us, because the Word of God abides in you. So that whenever you're tempted, whenever you're afraid, whenever the devil tries to throw whatever in your face, you run to the Word of God. You take refuge in this. If we go back to Psalm 119, it's not on the screen, but I love verse 11 in Psalm 119. It says, I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your Word, God. I've hidden it in my heart. That I might not sin against you. So that when I am tempted to sin, I reflect on your word, I meditate on your word. This is the importance of memorizing scripture. Note this, okay? The devil will never. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you two things the devil will never, ever tempt you to do. He will never tempt you to pray. And he will never tempt you to open your Bible. He will not. He will never tempt you to pray. He will never tempt you to open your Bible. Because when you do, he's defeated. When you pray, he can't get between you and God. When you you read your word, he can't get between you. He can try to distract you every once in a while if, if our mind's not truly focused. But if we are disciplining ourselves to prayer and the reading of the word, he's defeated. He has no ground here. And it enables us to trust in his word, it enables us to trust in a sovereign God. I, I love One of my favorite books of all time, if you have not read this, I, I, I wish I could literally make everybody in the room read this book, okay? But I can't do that, so it's, uh, it's, it's your option. One of the classic writings uh, uh, in Christian history by a man named C.S. Lewis, who I believe we're all familiar with for the most part. It's not the Chronicles of Narnia series. It is a little book called Screwtape Letters. Without a doubt, one of my favorite books of all time. And if you are unfamiliar... How many of you got... Anybody here ever read Screwtape Letters before? Holy cow. Very few of you. And don't feel bad. Don't feel bad, okay? I I, I encourage you, please, by all means, man, read this book. Because it sets it up. It's really weird. C.S. Lewis is writing. And he, he... It's a conversation going on between two demons. There's a mentor demon. And there's a demon in training. There's a Jedi and a Padawan learner, Okay? Basically, how it works, but I don't like to associate demons and Jedi because I like Jedi too much, okay? But what we have here is this demon is riding to this other demon and he's training him on how he is to torment his patient. His patient is a human being. And he is telling the patient, oh, he's telling the, the young demon over and over again, he's telling him, This is how you keep them away from the enemy. They refer to he refers to God in this book as the enemy because it's two demons talking. It's the wildest thing ever. He says this is how you keep him from the enemy, and he goes through all these letters that he writes to him, saying, "Do this, do this." And as I'm reading this, I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" I've seen this played out in my life so much. But listen, what happens here in that book? The uh, the head demon looks at the smaller demon and he says, "This. It's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds." In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. Satan will do way more damage to you. He will do way more damage to you, keeping you from praying and keeping you from the Word, than filling your head with everything this world has to offer. He will do far more damage to you if he can keep you away from communing with God, rather than throwing your head full of all this sinful stuff. The Word of God gives us victory. Because if he can keep you, if the devil can keep you from prayer and keep you from the Word, he wins the battle. He's not, he's not won the war. The war is done, but the battle every day, he can win. Finally, let me say this. Not only does it give us faith, understanding, life, hope, freedom, and victory, but it also gives us joy. It leads us to joy. John chapter 15 and verse 11 Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Uh, He's given us joy, but he's not just given us any joy. He's not given us just general joy here. He's not just given us joy that is good for a while and and then fades. He has given us his joy. My joy may be in you, and your joy may be full. Happiness is dependent upon your circumstances. You're not always going to be happy. There are going to be times where you're going to be sad, but joy is not dependent upon circumstances. Joy is dependent upon Jesus Christ who lives and reigns at this very moment, who has risen from the dead, and He will never die again and gives us victory over sin and death through faith in Him. And how does that joy, the joy of Christ, come to us? It comes to us through His Word. In closing, let me say this. How is all of this possible? How is is it that the Word of God leads us to faith, understanding life, hope, freedom, victory, and joy? How does it do all this? It does this because of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, of the joints and of the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Where is your heart this morning? I know in a crowd this size, I I would be a fool to believe that every single person in this room has this faith and understanding and freedom and victory, and joy, and everything that we've talked about this morning that comes through hearing the Word of God and believing through faith. I pray that's the case, but most likely that's not. Let me remind us of a few things real quick. The Bible, the Word of God, even though it's reminded us of all of this this morning, let me tell you a few thing, of other things it reminds us of. It reminds us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means every single person in this room has something in common. We have all either said something, done something, or thought something that goes against the, the standard of a holy God. And because of that, Him being holy must punish sin. All sin and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible goes on to tell us that because we've sinned, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Because we've sinned, we're going to die. That's what's going to happen because of our sin. And all of us are in that boat. But it goes on and says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we confess our sins, He is faithful, He is just, He will forgive our sins and purify us all unrighteousness if we confess with our mouth jesus is lord and we believe in our heart god raised him from the dead we will be saved and all who call upon the name of the lord shall be saved this is where we're at this morning every single person in this room has to right now do business with god The God of the universe, the God that we have sang about, the greatness of our God that we have sang about this morning, He is here, and He has breathed on us with His Word this morning. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It brings faith, it brings understanding, it brings life, it brings hope, it brings freedom, it brings victory, it brings joy. And there are some of you here this morning who do not have any of those. And the reason you don't have any of those is because you've never trusted God in what God says. You have never trusted in the Gospel of Jesus Christ that is able to save your soul from hell. It's not about being good. It's not about being good enough. It's not about doing a lot of good things. It's about surrendering to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and knowing apart from Jesus there is no hope. There is nothing. There is no purpose apart from Jesus. So I'm just asking for everybody to bow your heads with me right now. And 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 if you're there, if you're there and you would say, Stephen, this morning, right now, at this very time, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that right now, now is the time where I need to put my faith which I have been given through the hearing of the Word of God this morning, I need to place that faith in Jesus Christ this morning, Stephen. This morning, I want to be forgiven of my sin this morning and receive new life through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not going to take away a lot of all the all the struggles you're facing, it's not going to, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that, but it's going to give you someone who's going to walk with you and give you joy that is, that is absolutely mind-boggling to the rest of this world, that while you're struggling, while you're going through this, He has promised you that He will walk with you through it and that one day He will bring you through it and bring you to Himself forever. So if you're here this morning, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you that that all this stuff is going to happen I'm gonna tell you this you're gonna be given the Son of God Jesus Christ the Word of God made flesh who brings faith and understanding and life and hope and freedom and victory and joy So if that's you this morning, you say, Stephen, this morning I want to put my faith in Christ, then I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand straight up in the air. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you, God, that your word does not return void, and I thank you that faith comes by hearing, and hearing from your word. And so God, move in us this morning as you have moved in the hearts of these who have already raised their hands. And Father, direct them now in the way that they should go to get plugged in with Summit Community Church or some church so that they would grow in the knowledge of your word. Thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for what you have done this morning. And thank you for what you continue to do as we leave from here. God, you are good and you are great and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to encourage you that if you uh, raised your hand during this time, we're right here in a second. We're going to ask the band to come back out and close us. Uh, but as uh, as they're coming out and as they're getting ready, um, I want to invite you that if you raised your hand, uh, you got a you got a connection card or a contact information card when you came in uh, on the back. Tell us about the decision that you made today to follow Christ. Tell us about what God's doing in your life. Check a little box. There should be a box on there somewhere, and then. Uh, And then I believe they've got like a next step booth out here in the front where you can find out how to get plugged into a life group and how to get more active in the ministry of this church and how to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen? Amen. Thank you guys so much. Um, uh, On behalf of, of the band here, thank you for having us this morning. We have been so, so thrilled, like I said, to lead worship with you. And uh, to join you in, in, in loving God this morning. Um, there are CDs back there, but I'm not going to even talk about that. Just boom. That's enough of that. Thank you for being obedient to God and uh, allowing Him to use you here in Hazard and the surrounding area for His glory. Um, do we have any last minute announcements? Uh, Rick Steele, and over to you, brother.